So welcome back, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in again. And still, the fact we haven't put you off is brilliant. Now, of course, all of you will be tuning in today to see the wonderful Natalie Corner off of the BBC. Hello, Nat. How are you? Hi, very well, thanks. And you? <laughs> yeah, we're coping. We're coping. More importantly, how is John doing? John is lovely. Come here, John. Here's John. Oh. He spends his lifetime on the arm of the sofa. He's been oh. on telly more times than a dog should be on telly. Oh, <laughs> loving it now, loving it. Now, didn't I remember you did a piece on uh, giving John a haircut the other day? How did that go? <laughs> Look, you can't see him because he's black. He, it's, he's not the easiest to photograph or see, but he looked like a little boy on his um, first day at school. He's got a very short fringe, but quite big eyebrows because I was a bit scared to go near the eyes. But yeah, we're, we're tackling the body next week. So that should be interesting. Wow. Is that going to be another feature? I don't know. I think people may have had a bit too much of John, to be honest with you. <laughs> he never I, behaves himself. I, I gave our Dixie, our Cavapoo, a, um, a, a clipping um, week before last. First time we've done it. Um, she was pretty relaxed. She fell asleep halfway through it. Oh, you're <laughs> lovely. Yeah, no, she was very good. She was They're very lovely. Good. The poodle crosses are lovely, aren't they? John's a cockapoo, so yeah. um, I love them. And we've got a new puppy um, on the way. Sort of should be, he should be arriving beginning of June. He's, he's about four weeks old now, so um, John's getting a little friend to, to share the limelight with a little bit. Um, I've, I've got a Jack Russell as well, um, which is why they have to be out of the study if I'm talking to anyone, because the Jack Russell barks at the people I'm talking to. Yes, I used to have a Jack Russell. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> they have to get involved, don't they? Yeah, yeah. She puts every ounce of her frame into that bark as well. Her, her legs leave the ground as she barks. It's... Oh, lovely, lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. So, um, how have you been coping then, Nat? You, you're still recording, aren't you? You're still going yes. into the studios? and Yes, um, not as much, obviously, as we usually it would be every single day would be in there. But yeah. we do a fair deal of um, working from home now. So there's an awful lot of um, stuff, shall we say, shoved behind my sofa. Because <laughs> you obviously want the place to look as tidy as you can. And you think, <laughs> oh, quick panic when we're about to do some filming. Um, my poor husband's had to become a cameraman and a director and everything else. And of course, everything is done on the iPhone. And yeah, isn't technology wonderful? It's made life a lot easier shall we say but no do still go into the studio where there's certain things that you can't do from home yeah. um, but they're very very um very very careful about social distancing in there so half the number of seats in the newsroom and radio devon have had to move to a big room downstairs so we're not all together so it is quite isolated but mm. we've got the program out every single night um on what can only be described as a skeleton staff so mm. done well and it's been it's been really sort of a um, funny word, but maybe it feels quite rewarding because we've all been doing different shifts. And one of my main shifts now is answering the phone. So normally okay. we have, you know, when you come into, into the, um, which is a reception yeah. there, well, the phones are all diverted to one of us at home because most people who call in either need some help or who have an amazing story to tell us. Yeah. So journalists are now in charge of answering the phone. So I think for about the first week, of lockdown, we were helping 
older people get food because they mm. were panicking and they weren't online and they, mm. they didn't know how to, you know, so we were Googling their address, Googling their lo latest sort of closest local shop yeah. the next and getting deliveries done. So it was interesting because you guys were doing your bit as well, which was wonderful, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, we're still doing it. So Will and I um, are out uh, three days on one week and then one day on the following week. And we do, uh, we rotate it. And uh, Heather Nash, our GM, and Ben Fox, um, he's, uh, they've been out as well doing another route around the city. Um, uh, and yeah, I mean, the, the, the uptake in, in online orders has been incredible. In fact, for Tamar Grow Local at the moment, we're in the process of rapidly expanding. Um, we've had, I don't want to say money thrown at us, but we've had grant organizations phone up and say, how can we support? How can we support you to grow to 300, 400 orders a week? And yeah, it's been incredible. Incredible, That's really. so good. And isn't it lovely to see, though, to see how everybody comes together to help people that need help? I just think it's been so wonderful just to see the community spirit. And I know community spirit is a bit of a cliche, but it really has. And everybody helps where, where we live. Everyone helps each other if they need something. It's been, it's been remarkable, hasn't it? It, it has. No, absolutely. I totally agree. I mean, we've seen streets in Plymouth where they've come out and... Um, you know, done a group exercise, so I'm going to be invaded in a second. I, oh, hello. <laughs> Who's that? Oh, he's just coming from the rain, very oh, wet. No. Oh, yeah. come on. Oh, that's hello. Boomer. That's Boomer. When he jumps back up again, we can introduce him to John. Yeah. <laughs> oh, John's looking the other way. He can hear something's going on, but he thinks he's <laughs> at the back door. Not particularly oh. what, what will be fantastic is if out of all of this crisis we, we have a new norm where people are more um, supportive more helpful and we and, and we take some of this community spirit forward into the future with us yeah. you'd hate to think it all just disappears we don't want to go back to how it was before we want a new norm do you think we'll ever go back to how it was before i mean no. in terms of how we're going to have to carry on when we come out of lockdown it's a it's a strange one, isn't it? I don't think anything will ever be the same again, but you're right. That's the, that's the element we need to keep, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I mean, at least for a good 18 months, I don't think, at least until there's some form of vaccine and they've got on top of it, then no, mm. I, I can't see it going back. But, but also I, I do like the fact that some um, people have really got their heads around working from home and we, you know, we're doing these calls and, um, and actually I've said a few times uh, on, on our show here that I work from home for many years, but actually, now doing calls where you're seeing everyone it's so much more interactive it's you know it's as good as going into an office and sitting with people really it and look look at what people are, are saving we sometimes at the bbc have sports editors meetings and they may be held in manchester or bristol and, and, and look at the cost and look at the you know the, the environmental impact yeah. of everybody driving and you can do it like this and it's yeah. fantastic isn't it so good well the environmental ones um you know the, the interesting key point because we've seen how the environment has has improved drastically just from us all being locked in even mm -hmm. wildlife coming out and starting to reclaim parts of cities and you know it's it's great and that's definitely something i think we should look to do if if you can work from home two or three days a week why not absolutely okay. and you get to spend time with your pets don't you <laughs> yeah yeah that's not always a good thing but uh, <laughs> he's sitting there going, I can smell eggs. I swear you've got eggs somewhere. <laughs> oh, let him have them. Uh, no, he brought us a rabbit yesterday. So there was a, uh, a small rabbit massacre in the lounge. So we, we haven't fed them since. Oh, no. Brother. 
Oh, I know. I bet John never brings you rabbits, does he? No, he doesn't no. actually. He brings me other, oh, I shouldn't say this, other dogs' toys that he finds. And he thinks they're the biggest prize. But if the neighbours um, see this, they'll know, where, <laughs> they'll know where they all are. They're in here behind the sofa at the moment. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so that's why John's I, sitting there, he's guarding it. I bet yes. your John, when he moves around the house, is silent. You don't yes. hear him moving, do you? No. Dixie is the same, and she is the biggest thief I've ever come across. She steals socks and underwear, and oh. and and they'll appear in they'll reappear in the most inconvenient places you can think of. Oh, I hope they're not embarrassing, Paul. Oh no, it is. It's very. Sounds it like very the world's worst excuse for something, Paul. You know? uh, <laughs> I have no idea how these women underwear got into my. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. Uh, you, 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 you just you you will spot her and she's led down looking rather guilty because they do look guilty when they've done she's led down rather guilty and when you move her she's led on a series of socks or underwear that she's accumulated and made yeah. but she'll lie on them <laughs> and completely hide them well, i wish you'd let them into the room so that we could see them i will i'll throw them back out then <laughs> <laughs> So, Basha, you're going to have to get some form of animal now. Well, we Well, I know it's a trap. He thinks it's a trap. <laughs> yeah. Basha, where are you? I'm in London. Are you? And how is it up there? Um, I think wherever we are, I think we're all the same, just locked up. So it's it's okay. I try not to get out of the house. We, we don't. Occasional walks. Now I have an exercise bike, so I don't need to go out. Oh, great. Online grocery shopping. Haven't been to the grocery or anything. So my mother is here with me. She oh. was here so that uh, Richard, Foxy, Paul and I with Ross and others could go to the game in Istanbul so she came to stay with my daughter but when I got back she was sick, she couldn't go back and oh. then, um, the borders in Turkey are closed so it's three of us here now my husband and my father are in Istanbul so a bit separated for the time being but it's, Crikey. Yeah, but it's, it's okay Have they had any news um, from Turkey about when things may be lifted? Um, no, I don't. I think we are all second guessing. Nobody mm. knows. Well, they've not been fully locked down, have they? We, um, uh, we found out. Um, there is no, from city to city, you cannot travel. Traveling is banned between cities unless you get a permission from the government. And every weekend, it is a lockdown, like you are not allowed out at all. And last week, it was 100 year anniversary of the Turkish Republic. So it was a national holiday, 23rd of April. So they did it four days. This week, 1st of May is a national holiday. They'll do a three day lockdown. So four days, five days, they're out. Three days, four days. Of course, schools are no more. Schools and yeah. universities are all closed. They're also doing under 20s and over 65s have to stay home. Oh, yeah, that's been going on since yeah. the beginning. If you're above 65, you're not allowed out of the house. And the last three weeks, if you are below 20, 20 and below, they're not allowed out of the house, yeah. yeah. Why, why, why below 20? Why are they being kept in? They decided they spread the virus. Right, so not, yeah, a little bit irresponsible, maybe. Crikey. 
but which but is also, interesting. Um, Go on, Paul. Also, very young children are often looked after by their grandparents. Yeah. So they they're trying to keep them separated, I guess. Right. So to make the movement as little as possible, but like cities like in Istanbul, where 18 million people lives, it's it is difficult. And if you go to Turkey right now, so there are occasional flights by the government, but then there is a mandatory quarantine in a dormitory somewhere. So if I were to go, I would be sent by a bus to a quarantine for two weeks, then I'll be allowed to go home and then do my 14 day quarantine there. So I'm not going anywhere, don't worry. Paul doesn't allow me, I mean, he's right here by the screen. He doesn't allow me to travel. Yeah. Oh, Paul's so strict, isn't he? Yes, somebody has to be. <laughs> <laughs> and whereabouts are you, Paul? Salisbury. Oh, wow. So I'm about halfway between the two of you, yeah. Lovely. Yeah, and it's raining. It's raining it's at the moment. Yeah. Raining in Plymouth today, isn't it, Rich? Yeah. It raining. is, yeah. Yeah, and but we, we needed blessed, it, though. So blessed with that good weather, weren't we? And yeah. But I think the gardens and everything need a bit of rain, don't they? Mm -hmm. uh, they do indeed. Yeah, I mean, beautiful and green at the moment. And and I cut the grass on the weekend, and so it, it's a bit of rain. Everything will now grow like mad as the sun comes back on it. It's yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we live on a farm, so we're constantly worried about the weather. My wife's like, we need more sun. We need less rain. We need more rain. We like, we just. <laughs> okay. But now what we don't, we don't need too much rain because if we have too much rain, the grass grows too quickly and it doesn't take up the nutrients. So it just goes, oh. but you want it to grow slowly. Otherwise the, oh. uh, there's a lot to eat, but the nutritional value isn't very good. So a little well, bit of farm and knowledge there. We've learned something today. Yeah. Haven't we? Exactly. Well, listen, if you want me to come on the show at any time and talk about grass growth, Natalie, just, just honestly, let me know. Yeah. Of course, we'll, we'll be straight there. So, how much is everybody missing sport then? Oh. I miss boxing. Do you? It, it, it's not a weekend, is it, really? Unless the, you've got some sport in there. That's well, the only thing missing in lockdown. The rest of the week. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if we had sport to watch during lockdown, it would be the perfect lockdown, really. They're showing a lot of replays, aren't they? Yeah. Not quite the same though is it not the same not the same at all but i mean i i think i saw earlier this week that arsenal were back training i've just seen that on the news now yeah it does seems... they know something we don't <laughs> there is a rumor of the premier league um playing out the missing the the, the games they missed in you know, effectively behind closed doors it's going to take a lot though isn't it because the players are all going to have to be tested to make sure they're safe to play because of course, yeah. they come in contact with each other, don't they? Yeah, yeah. But I, for one, am very grateful being a Liverpool fan. I mean, I'm all yeah. for the season being rubbed off, to be honest. Oh, God. <laughs> like that, or just frozen and positions stand. Because if you No, that wouldn't be fair. Yeah. Well, who, who do you support, Rich? Uh, well, we support Man United, don't we, Paul? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, where, where are they um, in, in the Premier League at the moment? Oh, the Premier League's on hold, so... Yeah, it's irrelevant, really. <laughs> so you're in the same place as everyone else. Yeah. yeah. Look at League Two, though. I mean, if they froze it now, you'd have Plymouth Argyle and Exeter City promoted, probably, wouldn't yeah. you? This is true. Well, for the lower leagues, it makes sense, obviously. Mm. 
should be banned. <laughs> well, I mean, how are you coping then? Because obviously you, your main focus is sport. I mean, and there isn't any, so. I know, it was, it was crazy. The Monday that lockdown was announced, I went into the studio to do a normal sports bulletin. And as we were on air, this match was called off, that match was called off. And we were running a little bit and then, oh, sorry, we've just heard those boys won't be traveling to Twickenham. That's all. And, it just, and then all of a sudden, gone. All of it. Right. You remember, I was ringing you constantly saying, what's happening? What's happening with basketball? Yeah. We were yeah. always here, weren't we? But of course, as soon as it became clear, there was no question to be asked, was it? Because it no. was just, you know, just couldn't be done. So I'm, I'm still doing sport, but what we've been doing is pieces with our teams and what they're doing um, yeah. under lockdown. So we did, um, last week I did a piece with an Exeter City player and an Argyle player about how they train, how they keep their fitness up. Because yeah. if they get the call that you're back on, they've obviously got to ramp it back up. Um, mm. They say they need two weeks to get back to their fitness. So um, we're doing that and it was brilliant because they've got all their little kids involved and you see a different side to them which is another lovely side yeah. to lockdown because normally we would, no, no, of course you can't film in a, you know, a professional footballer's house when he's at home having a bit of privacy, but they've all done it on their phones and yeah. really lovely. So yeah, we've, we've got to know a lot of them. We've all, um, I did quite a bit with the Exeter Chiefs. Um, they've, they've been ringing members of, you know, their, their, their supporters um, and talking to them. And so that's lovely for the supporters if you get a call from your favorite player, isn't it? Yeah. And the rugby teams who are shaving their heads, that you know, raising over thirty thousand pounds for charity. So again, seeing such lovely sides to people, but really, we're now all waiting every day a check to see when there's going to be news, when anything, if anything, might resume. Because you know, I think we've been told the other rugby leagues and um, the lower leagues they're not going to be happening. That's all done. So we've just got. A little bit. And what about you guys? Do you, are you okay to start up again in September? Well, we're as a league, we're we're planning on restarting as business as usual. But I think, like everybody else, it's we can plan as much as we like, but we're just going to have to adapt to the environment of the time. I think at the moment it feels very strange to to think of having fifteen hundred people cramming into the pavilions. But then it's a long way away, isn't it? It's so hopefully by then um five months away things will have calmed down and but i don't know uh, we just we have we're planning for it and we'll have to adapt if things change how do you play without a crowd though because the atmosphere is what it's all about with basketball isn't it yeah yeah i, I don't know i mean in turkey bashisha continued to play for i don't know how many games but behind closed doors but yeah, it's it's not quite the same is it uh, and what what did they say? What did they say about playing without anybody watching them? Oh, it's not the same. They, they don't like it. No, it's not the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially if you're playing on your home court and you don't have your home fans behind you. I mean, I think everybody knows that, and, you know, home fans make such a big difference, especially in a sport yeah. like basketball. Well, in most yeah. sports. And, and, and for all the basketball clubs, the, the gate revenue is such an important, I mean, it is the most important part. Um, the play behind closed doors quickly becomes unaffordable. Mm. Yeah, That's I'm not. It. I mean, certainly if it was um, mandated, I, I don't think it'd be worth us playing in the pavilions, for example. But yeah, yeah, I don't know what we'd be able to do. But I know a lot of teams in the league wouldn't be um, wouldn't be happy being forced to be play uh, playing in their main venues when they're 
spending a lot of money on a court with seating that's not going to be used. Of course, yeah, you could you could go to a school and play even, couldn't you? It's yeah, up at Marjan probably, yeah, yeah, something like that. But we'll have to see. And so we're planning for the best and prepare for the worst, really. Won't it be lovely when sport comes back, though? Oh yes, yeah. Oh, we're going to appreciate it. Never take it for granted again, ever. No. I know, I know. Can you imagine if the Premiership came back now? I think I'd watch every game just back yeah. to back. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. They have talked about it just going on to terrestrial, haven't they? Every game being on terrestrial. Um, mm, so I don't good. know how, how that would work with Sky and their media rights, but... I know, I know. It, it, it's just, you know, it's, very, it, it's a real leveller, actually, this is, isn't it? When you yeah. think, we, we sometimes envy Sky for what they can, what rights they have and what they do. And then, you know, if it does come back and it, it's on every channel, it'll be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Now, interestingly, we, um, I had one of my old school friends message me last night. He's out in the States at the moment. He, he saw the Gary Stronach um, interview that we, we put out. And um, he was asking if we had any old, old footage, so if my dad had any old footage of school days or, or things like that. And I thought, well, we've got you coming on today. And I know when we first took over, you sent us some footage of the very first year. Yeah. So I didn't know, do you have old footage of, of the sports clubs in Plymouth? Is that something that might be interesting to put out we do have some it just depends where it is because with tech we're talking about technology earlier and um, everything's changed in in the last few years and so we used to literally i mean remember the videotapes all yeah. of us to be on giant tapes and stored in a library like a like a normal book library and we could go in and you check your, your date on it and the, get it all out and it was really easily accessible but now it's obviously it's it's all computerized, so yeah. we physically have that. So all of the all of the old material we had has gone off to the archive, and it takes weeks to get hold of it now. Whereas it used oh, to be really? yeah. run downstairs at the BBC and do this and go into the yeah. into the shelves and get out the tape <laughs> and then record them onto another one. I mean, it yeah. was so cool. But so we've only got the last few years that are easily accessible mm. to us. But yes, we 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 will have it somewhere. It's just the yeah. case of of finding it but no it's it's sometimes it's lovely to look back something will crop up if someone's doing a recap and they'll go and access one of those tapes and the the whole thing if you look through the whole thing some of the material you get to see i mean with gary stronach of course was he was sort of like the coach when i was starting and we worked together yeah. for years and years love gary i saw i saw the chat you did with him it was fantastic really nice oh, it was lovely to talk to him no not at all not at all. I mean, that's the first time he sort of talked to the club for, uh, not that he's avoided the club, but, you know, first opportunity to sort of come back and talk to the club since leaving, which is 10 years ago now. And, wow. Um, and what's he doing now, Rich? Not a lot, actually. Um, Simone, uh, his other half, uh, works um, at home. She's, she's got a, a very good job. And um, he, I think he's become a bit of a house husband, if I'm honest. He's out doing his wow. walks and... Yeah, he's uh, living a life of luxury, I think. But we didn't ask him what he was doing, so um, I, I, I won't speak for him. Cause, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going to that uh, interview number two. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. So, yeah. so how do you fill your days? Is John um, yeah. behind me? Yes. He is, oh, yeah. I see he's disappeared. Oh, yeah, I can see him. He's riveted by this, isn't he? Look at him. Well, yeah, I, I'm the same with uh, with Boomer, who's... Uh, <laughs> Oh, he's, he looks more right. It's John Point. Uh, he's, um, <laughs> he's, he looks like he's sulking. I don't know why. Why are you sulking? 
Because you yeah. wouldn't let him have the egg, that's why. Possibly. <laughs> well, he doesn't need it after the rabbit, do you? Oh. No. Where's the other one, Rich? Oh, I, well, last scene curled up on the bed. Oh. Which is where he was as well, but he obviously figured out I was doing another one of these calls and thought he'd pop down and annoy me. Oh. He does like to invade conference calls. Bless Bless them. <laughs> so, um, uh, a very long career with Spotlight, um, without talking too much about yeah. dates and things like that. I'm trying to think of the best way of saying it, but um, just very long known for Spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> so, you must have some fantastic memories over the years of presenting Spotlight and being involved in the sports around Plymouth. What, what are your sort of key ones, do you think? What stands out? Um, all, I think all good memories for me are sport because I love it so much. Um, I, I'm guessing the, what, I was young, but it was very exciting when um, Plymouth Argyle got to playoff final at Wembley. And we had a very adventurous news editor at the time who said, right, we're going to be at Home Park and you're going to be live. And I think it had gone, has it gone to extra time? It, anyway, it was really, really tight, really tight game. And we needed it. It was a semi-final. We needed to win by one goal. And that goal scored was scored just as they were coming to me because in the old days the news used to be at half past nine <laughs> oh the old days and so we could all be home by 10 o'clock but now of course it's half past 10 everything's changed so yeah they crossed live to me just as the goal went in and of course the crowd went mad and somebody <laughs> just everybody was was cuddling everyone and kissing because we knew we'd made it to Wembley because the final whistle was about to go and I remember getting nearly knocked off my feet and then they crossed for me literally had to stand up and go, hello, you joined me from out, and he couldn't hear a thing. <laughs> and so that was fantastic. And then to go to Wembley, in, it was in the old days, and we took a big, big team up to Wembley to cover the playoff final, which they won. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the days of Dan McCauley, um, who very, very sadly died recently. Did, yeah. um, and he, he was a great character. It was the, it was, it was the era of your dad, was at the Raiders. I, I used to speak to all of them on a on a daily basis. It was fantastic, and everybody wanted the best. And the yeah. team for Plymouth, for the Southwest, you name it. And so great, great times. But also lots of excitement with basketball. You know, we've we've done so much over the years. It's it's all been really gorgeous. And of course, the Chiefs when they went up to um to the, the Premiership for the first yeah. time. That was brilliant, and and look how well they've done. I mean, still there. We thought, oh, well, they because I think it's funny when you're from the southwest, you really, really appreciate success. Mm. You don't take it for granted. Whereas other teams are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh my god, are they good enough to stay? That sort of thing. So yeah, every bit of success we have down here, we absolutely love, and we never forget it. Never forget it. It's all brilliant. Yeah. Well, we've not had a huge amount of sporting success down here, have we? Really. Yeah. Um, I mean, Raiders obviously had quite a bit of success prior to the BBL era, as we as we heard from Gary and um, and Albion and Exeter were sort of neck and neck, aren't they? And Exeter went like that, and Albion went like that, and Argyle have had problems in the in the years. I mean, why do you think that is down here, from from your perspective? Why why does Plymouth struggle so much? Um, honestly, geography plays a part, really does, and a lot of people don't know what it's like to live here. All they remember is the five and a half hour journey to get here. But then when they actually live here, 
they love it. So I think geography plays a part. And I think, ironically, we're not massive, are we, the Southwest? And mm. I think one team's success can affect another's. And I think with the Chiefs, if you look at the likes of Jack Knoll, Luke Cowan Dickey, they were Penzance. You think mm. the first closest big team they could play for was Plymouth. But of course you had Exeter, who were so many leagues above. And so they bypassed Plymouth and go straight to Exeter. And I think that success has taken from the other sides. But, you know, we still have fantastic Exeter Chiefs. So what yeah. can you do? But it's, it's interesting, you mentioned Albion and Exeter. The last time they met competitively, Albion won. And really? yeah, they did. I remember, I remember the match because it was, I think it was on, it was played down here in Plymouth and it was, it was a very, I think it was frozen pitch or something. And mm. it was the days when health and safety were like, um, yeah, go on, on you go. Yeah, what's the worst it can happen? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's it, it's a strange one. And I think we really, really do appreciate success when we get it. Like we appreciate anybody famous who, who come. I remember when Peter Shilton was manager of our girl. Oh, and Bruce Grobelar came to Yeah, play. Bruce Grobelar, absolutely. Yeah. Just overwhelming and so exciting. But yeah, it, it's a funny one. We deserve success. We really, really do. So come on, Raiders. <laughs> Uh, well, well, working on it, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, from from your perspective, what do you, what do you think of uh, of the new partnership we formed with MLA College and Bow Global? Great, brilliant! I remember when we did the the initial the initial sort of little film to launch it all. Yeah, so exciting, and a lot of people knew about it because I think my problem with 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 covering sport is something I don't understand sport. I don't yeah. get it. I don't get it. And, and it's, it, what do you mean? What don't you understand? What don't you get about it? But a lot of people, they just close off to sport. And, um, but a lot of people had heard about that and were very, very excited and said, this is This can only be good news. So, you know, and I kept saying to you, didn't I? What, where's the catch? And you said, I really yeah. can't see one. So, yeah. yeah, very exciting and can't wait. Well, I say next season. We've got our fingers crossed that it is next season to see what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, it almost feels like a false start, doesn't it? Well, who, who would have thought? I was thinking about the day we made, with, with, with all the lovely students at Marjons, we made that film, and then what was ahead of us? We didn't have a clue, did we, that day? What, what, what was around the corner? Yeah, no, no, absolutely not. I mean, it was discussed in, um, in terms of China struggling, and, um, and I remember the first time it impacted us is that we we're, were working with... Uh, Beijing Falcons, the uh, big basketball academy. Hello again, uh, big basketball academy down there. Um, and I speak regularly to Huawei, uh, who's our partner down there. And he said he's just shut down completely. Um, and they were looking at potentially uh, um, some kind of commercial sponsorship with us next year and sending players over to Marjon and, and to play with us. And, and he said, we've just not made any money for six weeks. He's, they've just built their own facility out there, two court basketball facility and a gym. And, um, and it was only open for about a month, and then it's completely shut down. So that's okay. the first time that I, I kind of went, wow, this actually, that's quite an impact, and that's when it was still just being looked at as a, as a China issue. Do you think some teams in the BBL might not survive hear, hearing, you know, stories from, from abroad? Do you think there are some in danger? Yeah, I mean, there's... There's no talk about it at the moment. Uh, we're all on conference calls on a daily basis. Um, 
and there's certainly nobody suggesting that they are. Um, but it, you know, it's it's a it is a big struggle, and there's the furloughing has obviously helped because that means we can sort of stand people down, and without that, we'd we'd definitely be struggling right now. Um, but yeah, certainly, we're still waiting to hear if there's any specific support from the government um, for the the BBL and as are the netball league and rugby league as well. We're sort of all in the same boat to see if there's specific financial assistance because a lot of the government grants that have, have come out just don't hit us. They're, you know, we don't have a, a, a rateable um, value, for example, so we can't access any of those. Um, Albion were interesting because their rateable value is just above the 50,000, so they didn't get anything. So, yeah, sports clubs are, <laughs> are really struggling. So we are hoping that there'll be some assistance. Um, but obviously for us, we're immensely grateful that um, we've, we've managed to bring Bow on board. Um, it sort of eases our pressures a little. You don't mind me saying that, guys? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we're, we're also really excited about it, aren't we, Vashak? So, yeah, it, um, um, we're, we're relatively, Vashak and I are relatively new to basketball. Bo has a, another team in Istanbul, as, as you know. Um, and we've had to relearn the rules, but we're, you know, we're, we're really excited. We, we're enjoying going to games. We're excited for the future of the club. Um, the uh, lockdown could not have come at a worse time for us, really, but, um, but we'll come through it. Um, we are, we're already talking about you know, what shape team do we want to have for next season? How do we want that to develop? Um, that we we believe there's going to be a next season. Um, not sure exactly when it will start, but we're we're pretty sure there's going to be one. Um, the uh, we we want to keep on growing the basketball team in in Plymouth. We want to um, get more diversity of, of even more diversity of, of people involved in basketball in, and and sport in general in Plymouth. Um, and of course, we're also developing our college in Plymouth, which is um, which is doing quite well at the moment. Um, we're predominantly an online higher education institute, and um, the you know, we've now got all of our staff, academics included, working from home. But it hasn't impacted our students because they were already online. Ah. Uh, For us, it's a business as usual on the MLA side of things. Yeah, we. We see demand for online education um, growing rapidly during this period, but we think it will continue um, beyond. You know, it'll be it'll be part of the new norm. Um, I don't I don't think that I don't think that universities in the UK will see the the on campus student numbers that they're used to seeing in the past. Oof. I think you know if you if, if you Think about um, all of those youngsters around the world who, who would normally be uh, planning to come to UK universities uh, September, October. I, I, I don't think they are at the moment. Oh, of course, yes. Interesting. Um, and, and that, you know, we need to see how we, uh, we're interested in how that's going to impact the universities that we work with. But also, the universities have, will, will, they will adapt very quickly. They, they are, they'll start now, but um, you know, they're in for a tough time over the next couple of years, I think. Really? 
And what will that do for the economies of the economy of a city like Plymouth? I mean, a lot of businesses absolutely rely on the students, absolutely. don't they? Well, the, if you think it had started this past year, um, we had a, a we established an English language course uh, and we had a set of overseas students come in for it in October. Mm -hmm. uh, and we, you know, so fairly late in the game, we had to find some student accommodation and we found it with no difficulty. So this is October of last year. Now you wouldn't normally have been able to find, so you know, we, we, we had them in university halls and we didn't start looking until mid-September. Mm -hmm. um, and that told us that there's, that Plymouth already has an um, excess student accommodation, which mm. means there's not as many students as people were planning on getting. Gosh. Um, and that must already have impacted Plymouth. And I, I think those numbers will be lower this year. They have to be lower this year. Mm. Well, and of course, the you know, all the work that's been done in recent years for Mayflower 400. Um, yeah. yeah, that has to be unfortunately postponed. Mm. Uh, I mean, I don't know, don't know whether the plan is to do Mayflower 401 or... or is I know. Show? What a year for this to happen. Yeah. When you look what lay ahead, you had Liverpool. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You had, you know. You, well, thanks you, for joining us, Nat. It's like yeah. <laughs> you had, if you look, the, the Olympics, the, the yeah. Euros. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously Wimbledon's every year, but look what, you know, and Mayflower yeah. was so big for Plymouth. Yeah. So big. All the prep that had been done and so excited. And it's just, it couldn't have happened on a worse year, really. Um, it's, I mean, it's uh, obviously the right thing has been done, but. Oh, it, it, it's tragic. And you think of the sporting calendar that lay ahead of us. Yeah. So well, let's just yeah. hope it's all possible and then it will all happen. So. Yes, true, yeah. true. Absolutely. Maybe we'll have two years worth in one next year. Imagine I know, that. but we'll be so busy. We won't know where to look, Paul, will we? It'll be like, uh, what do we watch next? Oh, I Liverpool know. Plymouth Raiders. Liverpool Plymouth Raiders. <laughs> Don't get us started again. <laughs> She's a good girl, isn't she? Brilliant. Well, in all fairness, I would, even as a Man United fan, and, and Paul probably won't thank me for saying this, but I, I think I'd be slightly disappointed for you, bearing in mind uh, how Liverpool have played this year. Um, and what a lovely team we are, Rich. Yeah. Jurgen Klopp, um, what a hero. Yeah, he's all right, isn't he? There is no doubt that Liverpool deserve to, to win. They... they but it remains to be seen what actually happens, whether we manage to play out or they draw a line. And, and but I, I, I think I think you've got to be a pretty um, die-hard fan to, to to say that they don't deserve to win. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Right, we'll end it there. <laughs> you got it out, didn't you? You got it out. <laughs> <coughs> Uh, no, that, that's brilliant. I'm looking at time. So, um, uh, Natalie, it's been fantastic. We really appreciate you. And John, who's um, slouching behind you now. Oh, dear. Yeah. I think I've yeah, lost him. Gradually slipping down. Yeah. There we go. Bless him. Here he is. Oh, Bless him. There you are, darling. You have a look. Yeah, Hello. a bit sleepy. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, well, we, we very much look forward to seeing you again in person um, very soon. And listen, yes. before, 
Before you go, um, yes. we obviously work with a lot of journalists and sports journalists and um, yes. through our connections with Marjon. If you yeah. could give some advice, what, what would it be to a, an inspiring up and coming journalist nowadays? Oh, it's so different now to when I started. And I'll give you the advice that I took um, is work for nothing. And I know that's maybe quite controversial, but I really wanted to be a journalist. And so I used to go down to my local newspaper office and go, can I help? Can I help? Can I do something? Can I do that? And so they went, yeah, all right. Just to sort of, you know, keep me quiet. And then six months after I said, a job came up. And they said, well, you've, you've shown us that you can do it. So it's not that easy these days to, to just walk in somewhere, yeah. you know, with, with your two poodles on a lead. They were on bits of string because I'd lost their lead. So I just literally, <laughs> I was a shambles. But I went in and so it, it's get work experience and get to know the people because our business is, it, it's very about, a lot of it is personality and whether you get on with people and that sort of thing. So it, it's get, get yourself known. Um, if you possibly can, if there's an yeah. opportunity, and just get as much experience as you possibly can, and just just be nice, just be nice to people, and never ever never do anyone down because it's so true what they say. You never know where they're going to pass you on that ladder. Just always be kind to people, and you know, always be inquisitive, always, but just get as much experience as you possibly can, and talk to people, and yeah. you know, that sort of thing, really. Fantastic. Well, I'm Natalie Cornett. Thank you so much for joining us and John, of course. And uh, yeah, we, we very much look forward to being able to come in and see you in person and yes. welcome you down to games again. So thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure. Lovely to talk to you all. Thank you. Thank you. John, say goodbye. Bye. John. Also, John. Thanks, Natalie. Bye. Lots Bye. of love.